0: Last time on Children of the Shroud, our student Vale trainees T, Silas, and Gunny went to Stegelmeyer Park to investigate a disruption in the Shroud. Arriving at the park, they were bombarded by large bursts of mana, just raw earth mana. They used a ritual to then home in on the source of the magic bursts and ran into Ike the Troll at the Stonehouse. Meeting Ike the Troll, who seemed to be a pretty nice elemental, they learned that he was performing a ritual to return his essence to the land. Our trainees decided to assist Ike in returning his essence to the land, but while doing that, the Lancaster legends and Brad showed up to try to take Ike's essence to use for betterment of their sports abilities? I mean, just try a little harder, why don't you? Anyways, a fight ensued, and that's where we left off. Now, let's get on with the show.
1: Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex-Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So, join M. 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 Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. And now, for the introduction of our players...
0: My name's Chris Nizek, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, some of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own.
2: I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, a
1: normal teenager who's about to discover something extraordinary. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family.
3: I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your GM. I think there's like a big gust, right? Like, it goes outward. We can all feel it. Yeah, that's oh. cool. All right, now we know what that looks like. So that's our exchange for this part of the duel. Now on to Silas and the mob.
0: Okay, now I have multiple swords going on. Mm-hmm. I have no mana in my mana pool because I actually use that mana to, to bump up that weapon. So it's dark. I got giant swords. I mean, we're still defending the veil from these kids. And I say to them, I'm like, do you all realize what you're doing? You are destroying the magical protection of the world. Stop it. And they're all like, we want our enchanted items. We're
3: winning everything this season. Oh, my God. Winning on your own merit. Cheaters never prosper. Brad promised us power.
0: Son of the Flameworth family and geek because smart. I have five dice.
3: Okay. I've got four D6 and one D8. I have a 12
0: with a D8 effect die. I'm actually fighting them now. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to drive keep them away, essentially, from the entrance. Sure. That is is the uh, fiction that goes along with this like a roll of 12, and I can't get it higher. Uh, D8 to your arcane shield. D6 to my arcane shield. D6. I have my, stre- my effect as a D8.
3: Okay. The mob remains at three. Back to T. Okay. You and Ike are now going in. I will tell you that mm-hmm. for the ritual, you can pick whichever role you like, because it can be, like, for instance, emo, because you're, like, kind of getting into the weirdness of yeah. the thing. It can be jock if it's helping move ike along as long as you justify it's to me the roll.
1: it's he's, flexible he's going to stick with emo for one more roll. he is trying to focus more on magic mm-hmm. so he's going to try to do more emo yeah absolutely if that fails it he'll fall back on his brute strength 15. 2d8 8 d d10 of the d6 and i have a one but i also have a 17 with a d8 effect die
3: okay well that's another success so you've accumulated two successes mm-hmm. uh for your one think you are suffering from a little mana backlash so that's a d6 backsplash meaning that like at this point ike's energy is like flaring off Mm -hmm. of him and the ritual is also flaring with mana it actually arcs up and like burns you for a second not enough to do stress damage but enough that it's now throwing you off i Mm. see it
1: as it's interfering with my ability to draw my own mana so i'm still getting my mana die but i'm getting it also interfered with by more mana from the d6
3: new round. Anybody want to change places? You want to keep redeeming yourself against these guys? I think we should switch it up. Okay. <clears throat>
2: I
1: got an idea. I want to try something. Was, who, where do you want to go? you want to go, um, go in mana? you want to go ritual or you want to go... Marath? No,
2: I'm going to stay out here. I want to try something with my air power. So oh, so you
0: want me to fight everybody. Which is fine. I'll do that while you do that. I don't want you to fight everybody, but I want to help us. Do you want me to give you a breather so you're not getting beat on? Is that the idea? I think when we both go, uh, uh, we didn't have a great round all, against our opponents, all, maybe we flip. Also, hold on one second. He lost the duel. It's up to Brad if he wants to continue. That's the problem. That is true, too. I don't have a plot point to intercede. I do. So, like, T can jump in on you to get Brad off of you. Otherwise, you're stuck in a duel. That is
3: accurate. Do you want to? Yeah, hell, yeah. yeah. All right, hand me that plot
0: point. Brad would have pressed the fight. You deal with the mob, then, while you're doing your magic stuff, and I'll go and handle the ritual. I'm like, T, T, get out here. And then I, I like, use my ice swords, which are
1: still out there for you to utilize, by the way. Or you to utilize. And then I jump into the, with like. So T steps out, sees Brad for a second, says, yo, gym boy, and pulls his sword out. So all these little gem shards start snapping together into place until he's got this heavy broadsword made of jagged looking shards that doesn't look quite complete. Hey, why don't you come over and pick on somebody my size?
2: Which is funny because. That was good. (laughs) Gunny's actually not small.
3: (laughs) He looks at you, he's like, you know how much I bench? And he cranks up on the bat and comes running at you. I um, ride the bench.
1: Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice burn!
3: All right, so once again, Brad is that he's two D eight. He picks up a D eight for his distinction for I am legend, and he will grab. Uh, I'm just going to grab the D twelve. There's no of course you will. I got to use it. Don't forget, you get a D six in your pool T yep. because uh, Brad is rocking a uh, D six stress and yeah. the D eight for it being dark.
1: So that's going to be my mana pool, Brad's rocking, and it's dark. Jock is actually ready, so I'm going to D10 Jock. Let's do with Heart of Stone at this point. The Cloud of Swords. Brad's all jacked up, and I've got the darkness. So I've got 3D8, 2D6, and a D10. So Pause for one moment. Yes.
3: I think because we've switched opponents, we probably need to reestablish who gets to roll first. Roll plus affiliation.
0: I have a nine. Which affiliation are you using? Because this is all about what you feel about this fight. Yeah, this is going to be D8. This is going to be school. Why?
1: Because he's a jock. Because he's part of gym class, and gym teachers are barely teachers, so he wants to take this guy down. I got a seven with a one. I got a seven. I rolled a one.
0: Doesn't matter. i does not matter. I've got the nine. I'm pressing the attack. First. Okay.
3: Woo. That's two ones. Hold on to oh. those. And I can amass a 12 with a D8. Uh, effect die. That is a much lower roll than I should have been like I could have put out. Uh-huh. So good for you
1: guys. I can only get a 12. That's oh one. no! The most I can get is a 12. I don't have any plot points left. That's not a win. That's not a win. So I got a 12 with a d10 effect die.
3: Okay, and you have no plot points so these ones no plot come points. off. The, these ones won't count anyway. It's
0: true. Yep. Oof,
3: Brad, Brad's the,
0: got the upper hand. Brad won. Winner gets a mana pool die equal to their effect die. So d8 for Brad. Winner can spend a plot point to create an asset from the fight from another effect die. Mm, holding off on plot points. Loser takes stress equal to the effect die, or the effect die is step down if the loser's effect die is higher. Step down, so I take one effect of d6. So your arcane shield is at d6 stress? Yep. The winner gets to decide if they wish continue the duel and start a new contest or disengage or take some other action. Yeah, no, Brad will stay in. Also, are both people who rolled get mana dice so. at d6. Or step one up. Yeah, but not the one that they just got. Nope.
3: That exchange, done.
0: We move over to... Gunny. Go to Gunny. Uh, so
2: I am going to weave a pattern and use a special effect from my weapon. My special effect uh, right now on Breath of Winter the Axe is to create a D8 <laughs> asset of fighting a headwind for the rest of the scene, but I don't get to add a mana pool to my die at the end of the turn. So basically what I'm going to be doing is, is
3: trying to blow them back while mm-hmm. they're trying to advance. Okay. I'm assembling my pool of 3d6 for the mob. They are all A's in gym class, so if you are trying to push them back, that distinction still holds. And it's in the dark. Dark being, in this case, trying to get all of them because they're scattered yeah, Trying route.
2: to see where everybody is, yeah. I'm also changing up my role after not faring very well. I think it's time to fight smarter, not harder. So I will be going to Geek, which is a 10. 10 for school, 10 for Geek. Uh, leaf and a for 8. Darkness for eight, the D8 for fighting the head, why well, I put it
3: there. Rolling for your difficulty. That is a pretty mediocre roll, my friend. We're going to rack up a whopping eight with a D6 effect die.
2: Crap, I rolled a one. However, I have 18 right out of the gate. That's a double success That's right a
1: double there. Success. What's your effect die? Eight. Okay, which beats their effect die of six. Do you have another effect
0: die that you can add to that?
2: Yes, yes I do. I could add
0: another eight, or
2: I could add another eight to the total, because it's an eight.
0: On well, eight. you can't take out more than one die with one effect die.
2: Right, so I have to have two effect Correct. Dies, yeah.
1: You spend a pop point a second effect die.
2: Yeah, we,
0: we will put the second effect die into play there.
1: Excellent. What's the size of the second effect die? Eight. So, so that eight. means two of those dice come out. Correct. When you have a double success, does it bump out one effect die or both? You pick which uh, one. Yeah. Okay, so you've taken out two of the mobs?
3: He's taken out two of the three, because this is their distinction. So this D6 goes away. Show me how you scatter this mob. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: start weaving a pattern with Breath of the Wind. I end up with a flourish, a swirl like this, and and I'm making a circle with my hand for those people on radio. And a gust of wind fans out in a cone from me. A cold wind. And it sucks the will (laughs) right out of these poor bastards. Run on back home to Lancaster,
0: land of evil. You hear from the cave or the mausoleum, or and whatever it that
3: is. also creates a permanent uh, D8 fighting the headwinds. Right? How long does it last? Uh,
0: for the scene. For the scene. There you go.
3: Those are on the table nice. for yeah. for you guys.
0: Technically, that one's just for me, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably just for you, right? Are you no. just? Is it, is it the headwind comes from you? Yeah. yeah.
2: I can spend a plot point when I create it to make it for everybody else. Oh, there
0: you go. You don't have to save your platform for something else. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's ice swords in the field. So I swords and headwinds and shit. I mean, it's magic, right? This is exactly what I thought this game would be. (laughs) And and
3: this, and and that disperses a good portion of the mob. There are only a few of them left that are hanging on. The rest of them have been toppled over with such an overt display of power. Some of them just run into the woods. Like they just disappear into the ping pong paddle boy ran.
0: Is the sun down? Yeah, it's dark. Oh, good. My affiliations reset then. Yeah, there you go. I forgot about that, because it says I can do that until the sun sets. I put dark on the table. Okay. Silas. I'm doing the ritual thing. You're doing the ritual. So, 3d8 uh, and
3: the d6, because the man is getting splashy. All right.
0: So, I'm going to be highly intelligent, which is a d10 for me. I'm going to use Veil, because this is a Veil thing. I'm protecting the Veil, so that's a d8. And then I'm going to go a Frozen Soul that's not my own, because the magic that's not mine is interfering with me helping put this ritual together. So I can get a plot, plot point. Go ahead, ahead like yourself. Right here. Can I use my mana, a mana die from my mana pool to help this ritual along? Actually, you know what, I, th- I would suggest that I can't do that because I already just said that my magic is messing this up. Okay. That makes sense. I'm good with that. I only got three dice. Do you set the difficulty first? Is that how this goes? I do. Okay.
3: Oh, uh, that's a one. Well, that's good. Uh, but that's going to be a 13. That's less good. <clears throat> I can still pull this
0: off, potentially. got a chance. You can do it. We believe in you. I got a 13. I also got a one.
3: Uh, which will, is less good. I will buy your one. I got a one. I'm going to put it on just you. As you're trying to cast it and you're using Mesame's magic. Uh huh. And there's this just abundance of essence in the stone house. You hear Mesame's voice. Oh, good. In your head. Oh, no. And for a moment... Everything kind of drops away. You just see enveloped in essence. You see Mesame standing in front of you. What are you doing? I'm helping.
0: Helping him. When will you be helping me? I've been trying. This is the first time I've been able to talk to you in four weeks. You're not dead. I didn't think you were dead. Oh my God, you're here. I start crying because, you know, I can't help it. It's the magic. Plus, you know, my emotions. What do I do? How do I help? Tell me. Find me. Find me. And then she like passes through you.
3: But the words like find me start to just kind of echo in your head. And so the trait her voice D6 is now just messing with you. I don't know if it's messing with you, but it's causing you some great distraction.
0: Okay. That's me. I don't All know, right. I don't know. Excellent. Back to the top of the next round. Top
3: of
1: the round. Does anyone want to switch? I got some role plays I want to do with Brad. They're, I'm good. They, they might not go well, but I want to do them anyway. Happy Are to you up? good?
0: Do you want to? Oh yeah, I'm okay. good. Get some plot points out. I feel
2: like we started to make headway.
1: Oh. Uh, let's get back to Brad. Okay, so being the big dumb guy and charging at him was just pointless, and so he's going to try to think his way out of this. So he's going to use. Not just a huge dumb guy, which reduces his jock by one size, but increases his geek by one die size for the rest of the turn, so his geek goes up to a d8, his jock goes from a d10 to a d8. He's going to take that distinction as a d10, d4, He's only you only get the d4 this round. So d4, d10 for mage, and a d8 for geek. He's trying to fight smarter, we'll see how that works for him. We have Brad's d6, we have Cloud of Swords at d8, it's dark outside, that's a d8, and I have my mana die at d6. I got a big handful of seven dice.
3: So Brad is represented again by 2d8. I am legend d8. He picks up uh, d8 from his mana pool and he picks up that darkness. Is
0: not I am legend like in his head?
3: He's, you know, the Lancaster legend. He's oh, a legend in his own I am
0: legend. That's so bad and good at the same time.
3: <laughs> Brad comes at you. Oh,
0: I see. A goodness. One. Hang on. I see a
3: one. Hang on. Not one. Three ones. Three ones and amasses a total of a 10. I have no extra dice for an effect die, so that effect die is a d4. I'll
1: see if I want to buy that one afterwards. No, that's
3: not a one. You can buy, I think, all three of them.
1: I also have two ones. I have a 12 with a d10 effect die.
3: At this point, I feel confident I can beat a 12, so I'm staying in. You can purchase those ones if you want.
1: So if I purchase those ones, that will give me what, a D10 and something? Yes. D6, D8, D10, yep. I'll wait for for now. You don't get a chance to buy it later. I know. Okay. I will give you one
3: and I'm Uh, gonna pick up a D8 against you. I think he's shocked you and has given you some uh, muscle spasms. Okay. Paying that and I pick up a D8 against you for muscle spasms. All right. All right, so feeling that I can beat that 12, I'm reassembling my pool real quick. And I just scoop up an extra D8 from those muscle spasms. And I am now rolling to see if I can beat that 12. That's a shit ton of D8s. Mm -hmm. Two more ones. Those come out. 10. Spend a plot point. Mm -hmm. Add an extra die to my total. I'm going to go with a
1: 14
3: with a D8 effect.
1: And two ones on the table. I'm going to buy those ones. I'm going to be distracted because I'm I'm weaving magic using my sword. I'm going to use all of Brad's attempts to basically flaunt the veil to actually knit the shroud down. I'm going to basically use the magic he's using to start to weave the shroud down because he's basically brought all these people here. If we defeat them, this is going to be another one of those situations where um, we basically knit the shroud by covering up what's actually going on. We're trying to keep them from making this into a big loss of mana. I'm
3: going to step that down by two from an eight to a four. And you're now going against a 14. You have a choice to back out now. Oh, you can no. do
1: it. The, that's where I was me being kind of awkward, trying to think my way through this fight. I realized I can beat them this him this way. Give him what, 14? So this is going to be 4d8, a d10, and 2d6s. And there are two ones, as always. I can get a 14. I'll spend my plot point to make it into a 17 with a d8 effect die. Here you go. And I have two ones.
3: I am not going to buy those ones. I also don't think that I can pull off without spending my last plot point better than a 17. So I'm going to give in. Winner gets a mana pool die equal to their effect die. That's a D8. Person who gives in takes the effect die, stepped down by one as stress. Your D8 becomes a D6. I already have a D6, mm-hmm. so my stress goes up to a D8. The person who gives in receives a D6 to their mana pool or steps up a mana pool die by one. I'm actually just going to step up one this time. I'm going to turn one of my D sixes into a D eight and the person who gives in decides if they want to continue the duel or start a new contest or disengage and take some other action. I am not going to continue the duel, which will open it up, whether you want to reengage them or you guys can switch.
1: Let me switch off on somebody else.
3: So that's the back and forth between you two, which eventually results in Brad getting like knocked back like he steps back and breaks mm-hmm. off the fight.
1: Basically, what actually happens is this whole fight as we've been going back and forth, instead of just trying to beat Brad back, I've been slowly moving him in a pattern to re-knit the hole in the shroud. Oh, that's clever. And then we spin around, and instead of knocking him backwards, he comes at me, I step out of his day and let him lunge past me, and let him stumble to the ground, and then I stand back, and now we've got the shroud slowly knitting behind us.
2: Well done. Who's on the, the Legionnaires? You guys still got fight left in you. you oh, there's or, like
3: three. There's like three of them left. Gonna, you ain't gonna run like your buddies. There's like a. There's one angry girl. She's got a, a field hockey stick. There's a I mean, guy with a. Uh, there's a guy with a lacrosse attack stick.
2: Brad's on his knees in the mud.
3: They're just like, bring it, man. We're not afraid. Legends <clears> never back down. Even though like a bunch of them are scattered. All right. <sighs> At this point, I can assemble a d6 for the mob. A d6 for their distinction and. Grab that D8 for darkness, I think that's all I have.
2: And you're going to be setting a difficulty for me? As I attack this uh, crisis pool?
3: Technically a mob. Mob. Uh, I get a 1, so that die comes out, but I do have an 11.
2: Alright, I've got my 10 for school, 10 for geek, 8 for leaf on the wind.
3: Don't forget the two D8s on the table. Actually, three. Darkness, the swords, and uh, the headwind.
2: And that, I think, will be sufficient. I do have a one, 19 with a D8. (laughs) They're done. I go into kata mode. All the training that people have been giving me for how to generate mana with the weapon and all that stuff, like, I go flashy on them. Forget it. You don't know what you're dealing with here, noobs. Go back to gym class. They see Brad on his knees. They feel the cold chill in the air from my my wind, and they're just like, "Uh," and their will breaks, and they just scatter. I do still have that one, though, if you feel like. doing.
3: No, no, no. I'm not going to. Okay, so the mob of Legends is gone, leaving just Brad and the ritual. But we do need to get to the ritual
0: part. Yeah, I'm doing that yes, right now. We do. Okay. Ike, I had a moment. It's not great. Yeah, who was that? You saw that? Manifested in the, in the essence. That's Messame. I don't know if you know her. That's Earlis uh daughter. Oh, I mean, I know Earlis. She's a pretty girl. She, uh, her essence was stolen by a sword that had, was a golden hill with blue gems. Ever heard of it? Mm, can't say that I have. Okay, just thought I might ask. Knowledge is going to help you. I'm going to try to help you now.
3: She's, you know, she's, she's still here, like inside me. Well, I mean, part of it is, which is why you saw her. But if whoever did this to her had dispersed her essence, like cast it into a ritual, mm-hmm. the
0: other part of it would have disappeared. So she's still out there somewhere. You didn't know that. I wasn't sure. I've been trying to commune with the sword that is actually hers for the past month. It's the first time I've been able to talk to her. You okay? No. You, uh, still good to keep going? I mean, I'm gonna try. Alright. Tears are streaming down my face. I cry a lot, apparently. It's good to show emotion.
3: Uh, at this point, I'm going to, once again, 3d8. So, 2d8 for difficulty, d8 for the intricacy of this ritual, Picking up a d6 for the mana uh, outbur- burst and picking up the d6 for her voices because that shit's now in your head. hmm Setting your difficulty.
0: That's an 11. I am going to use my Geek d10 for this. I am going to use my Veil d8 for this. And then I am going to use Learned in spite of being talentless in this case because I need to get this done. I've already mentioned... That the magic of Mesame is messing with the situation. But I'm gonna dig a little deeper.
3: I'm gonna let you know that any ones you roll at this point, I'm buying up those voices. Yep. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna <laughs> dig a little deeper into my soul and maybe for the first time ever, so that it's not screwing with me. Touch my actual magic, which I don't know that I have. But I know it's down there some but but it's down there somewhere, and touch the flame, which I'm gonna use my mana pool we'll die for that. I like right. it. What are we gonna beat it? An 11? eleven? Eleven. I got it. I got a twelve with a D eight effect.
3: Add another success. You guys are up to three successes.
0: So for the first time ever, there's a little bit of fire that illuminates around Silas as he chants and pushes the energy through the ritual to help Ike pass. Dude, did you on. see that light? I did. I did. And I look at Ike, and I'm like, what was that?
3: Nice job, Flame North.
0: Showing your family colors. Yeah, you hear from you hear from the cave, guys, guys, I think I need to stop doing this. I think everything's under control now. Brad is still on his feet, but
3: um, the rest of Brad's crew is gone. They've all run off into the woods. That pool has
1: been defeated. Hey, Silas. Yeah? Why don't you go outside and say hi to Brad? Okay. I go go outside. Show him that you're flame worthy. That was awful in in the best way possible. I walk by as I go by with, like, elbow bump each other.
0: Yeah, I elbow bump you. And that's
3: like, ow. I rub my elbow. Brad's, like, slowly getting up, brushing the snow and, like, dirt off of him. And he's like, all right, fancy boy, let's see what you got. Really, Brad? You're
2: going to keep coming. After all of this,
3: your minions have fled. You ain't even close to securing that ritual. There's a lot of essence in there. Legends never back down, but they do get defeated. And he comes running
0: at you. As he starts running at me, he's like, you know, my dad's Victor Flamworth, and he wouldn't approve of this. I'm actually using my special effect to drop my father's name to add a D8 trait to the table. Uh, sure. At, I don't know um, if that shocks him at all. He's technically a renegade, so
3: when you drop Flamesworth's name, like, that's bad. He's like the uber cop. Well, we should roll to see who goes first. Oh, yes. Let's do 2d8 first.
0: I'm going to use Veil because I'm defending the Veil, and I just dropped my dad's name. So, you know, there's that. And Geek, which is a d10. I have an eight total. I also have an eight total. Interesting. Cool. We re-roll. Okay. I only got a six that time. I got a nine. You go first.
3: Okay. So, Brad, 2d8, d8 D8 distinction, Um, her voice, because that's still messing with you, and I will grab a d8 out of my mana pool, and I will grab dark.
0: Oh, that's right, dark exists. Yes, and
3: don't forget that Brad has a d8 stress as you build your pool. Okay. Okay. Scooping up, I'm setting the initial... Removing two ones.
1: Okay.
3: And... That's a shitty, shitty roll. That's a shitty, shitty roll, my friends. That's a seven with a D8 effect.
0: Okay, this is what I'm doing. I got a D8 for dark. I got a D8 for his stress. Is there anything else in there? I got my swords out there. Those are d eight for swords. Mm Yep. I got D8 for my dad's name. I dropped that. Mm -hmm. That's already there. I got D10 for geek. I got D8 for defending the veil. Mm -hmm. You know, while I did drop my dad's name, after I've done that, I'm kind of ashamed that I had to do that. So I'm going to take the D4 instead. I got a plot point right here for that. I am rolling a lot of dice, seven of them. There are two ones here for you. I did get a 12 with a d10 effect day.
1: Okay. Five more than you need to so win. So it's
0: really a D12 effect day. Here, have this. Well, here's 17. Is now what I have to roll? Yes. Did you have ones for me? I have two ones for you.
3: I will buy those and
0: I will move up her voice to a D10. I'll buy those two ones. I'll buy at least one of those ones to bump up my understanding of my magic by one die. Because, for some reason, there's some flicker of flame now around my sword when I fight. So I dance in with my swords, and my (laughs) swords are all creating patterns in the air, too, for the magic. And I uh, slash down through him, and we'll see what happens then. But here's my (laughs) other point that I spent.
3: Okay, give me one second. I'm just going to reset my dice really quick.
0: Um... 17 be the number. Yeah. The effect die is now only a D8, though, because I added the D10. Okay. Um, I'm
3: going to... So, let me reset my dice, and before I roll, I'm going to cover what happens as the voice is Yep. Okay, so, 2D8, a D8 for his distinction, D8 for dark, and her voice is now a 10, and I will pull a 6 from the mana pool. Before I roll those, because I purchased your ones as you guys clash and kind of pass each other, and you are, you know, drawing this intricate pattern. You hear in your head, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. It's dark. I'm scared.
0: You need to help me. I'm coming to find you. I just send that mental voice and image that I'm running towards her through my mind. And, like, you do that, like, you know, you kind of, like, feel like you project that energy to her, and when you open your eyes...
3: Brad is running yep. like full steam crackles of electricity coming up the aluminum bat and comes running at you. What am I beating here? 17? Yeah. Yep. Maximum effort. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> that was not maximum. effort. That was not next. I can assemble a 10. Even if I use my remaining plot point, cannot get to a 17. He... Roll slower. He fails the contest. What would he get? He got a 10 with a... I can assemble a 10 effect die. Oh, uh, he took a D6 of stress. Uh, which pushed him up
1: to a D10. Which I, wait, he, wait, he took stress... Oh, he didn't take stress last time. He stayed in. Never mind. Yeah, yeah.
0: he took stress last time, but he, it bumped... Oh, yeah, he didn't take stress for my last roll. Yeah, yeah because right. he stayed in. I see yeah. what you're saying now. Yep. Okay, he's I, still I, standing. It's bad. Yeah, I took my mana pool die, which is my effect die, D8. I'm good with that. You took stress... And you get to decide. You can press him. I'm like, you sure you want to continue and I back away because I have the choice and I get out of the way for Gunny. I do the twirl.
3: And he uh, lowers his bat. Fuck it. It's all yours,
0: man. Go home, renegade. It's I'll like, be sure to tell my father about you. He slowly
3: backs to the tree line and then you hear like, stop, 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 as he goes running <laughs> deeper into the woods. The three of you can manage the rest of the ritual. For our players at home, I'm now going to collect a bunch of traits off the table. The muscle spasms from uh, Brad, her voice that dissipates from Silas's consciousness. The mana of the ritual, now that all three of you are there to help out Ike, comes under control. And I'm going to assume that the headwinds and the cloud of swords both dissipate. What is remaining on the table right now is understanding my magic That went up to a D8 as Silas has gained some insight in the last scene. The strain on the shroud is down to a D4, thanks to T mending it in the middle of a fight. That was very
0: clever. Yeah, that was cool.
3: Uh, And it's still dark. So that dark D8 remains out there. With Brad and the legends gone, the three of you assist Ike and complete the ritual. And so Ike's essence now is just flowing from him into the circle, which is then pushing that essence into the earth to reinforce earth in the greater Buffalo area. At this point now, it just takes time because Ike is so old and has amassed so much essence that this process takes a little time. Ike is sitting in the middle of the ritual His essence is, it's very pretty as it's just kind of coming off of him into the circle. He's very peaceful, you know, asks if you'll just stay with him, if you wouldn't mind.
0: Of course, of course, of course. No problem. I appreciate it. Any advice you got for three young mages?
3: Hmm, ponders for a moment. Enjoy your magic. The veil and everything is important. We have laws and rules for being safe, but don't ever let it hinder the joy of being able to wield the fabric of creation. At times it might like seem like a burden at times. It might seem like a chore to have to help maintain the status quo. But in all of my time, I can't imagine a life where I didn't create and, and make the world what it is. And you guys should also do that. Make the world into what it's going to be. And with that, as he sits there and contemplates, you're welcome to ask him any other questions, if you like.
0: All I can think about while he says that is Messamay's voice in my head. wondering, like, how can I create anything? And yet, there was that
3: moment where there was, like, a bit of flame.
1: Without getting specific, he's just going to ask him some general questions about the nature of Earth and the nature of magic and that sort of mm. thing. Just ask him some, as T's finally understanding a little bit of his place in the Vale, he's asking questions about being in the Vale. Like, were were you ever like a defender of the Vale and a healer of the Shroud, that sort of thing?
3: I've done my share. I mostly tended. But when you're in a place and something goes wrong, you do what you can to uh, to help out the Shroud and maintain our, you know, peaceful coexistence. So I've done my share of, uh, defending, but by no means would I consider myself a defender. Just, I'm here to reinforce the land and keep it, uh, you know, being what it is. All right. I always liked this spot.
2: It's a very nice spot.
0: Before you go, can I ask you, how would someone take somebody's essence and store it?
3: there's definitely rituals, complex rituals, but there are rituals for withdrawing even human essence, but magical or human essence. There are ancient rituals that can do that. Storing it is a a bit trickier, but there are vessels that can be crafted. I've never done it. I think it's a little bit... um,
0: Do you know who I could ask about something like that, where it wouldn't get me instantly arrested?
3: (laughs) You're a smart one, Flamesworth. I would not ask your dad about it. Those kinds of rituals are highly frowned upon. They're mostly the kind of things that renegades dwell in.
2: Hmm. If only we knew a renegade. And I'm asking that right in front of these two. Hmm. Maybe there's somebody we should go talk to. About
3: what? About a
2: whole bunch of stuff.
3: You know who might be able to help you? Is the person that's coming through the woods right now. Uh Uh-oh. It's not like before. I know this essence. But go ahead and take a look.
0: Okay, I'll I'll
3: walk outside. So coming out of the tree line is a slender figure in a red trench coat with a hood over their head. And it's dark out, so it's actually really hard to kind of see this. They get pretty close to the stone house to the point where the essence that's kind of emanating from the front door illuminates like a circle outside the door, and the figure just okay. stops and pulls back their hood, and it's a woman. She is a earth elemental. In fact, she's a cyclops. So just her one eye, her hair is very nice. She pulls back her hood and she's like, good evening. Hi. She smiles.
0: I look to my left and my right at my friends. Uh, hi.
3: Greeting, sister ah yes greetings she nods in your direction as the snakes
1: he looks back at ike to see what ike's reaction is
0: i think ike's in the thing we can't can we see him from here he's sitting in the middle of the ritual nice
3: the woman's like my name's Ivana.
0: is ike yes we've been trying to help him pass along would you let him know that i'm here he knows would it be okay if i came in
3: of course she walks in and now ike He's been sitting and he looks even more rock-like, like like Mm -hmm. less animated Mm -hmm. and more just becoming like more stone. And uh, she comes over and very gracefully steps over the ritual and puts her arms around the rock and gives him a kiss on the cheek. And the two of them start talking for a moment are you trying to hear what they say, or are you just hanging back?
1: We'll hang back. If they want us to hear it, they'll tell us. I, I hang back. You're sure. hanging back. Yeah.
3: By body language, they must have been close. She touches his cheek. They talk. At one point, he laughs. At one point, she laughs. And then after a minute or two, Ike like slowly turns his head, and he's like, You can come on back, boys. I'm walking. Yep. This is... This is um, a very, very dear friend of mine, Ivana, we um we used to date. I took her to the fair when the electric tower was lit. <laughs> it
2: was like 1906 or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me and, me and Gunny probably looked at each other like I was like a hundred years ago, and I don't want to say that T doesn't know what we're talking <laughs> about, but <laughs> also for a little bit of history, that
3: is the same World's Fair where the Conceptual mages of Electricity actually created The element of electricity Because
0: mm-hmm. yeah. it didn't spawn itself Into something until the internet was exist- Existent but that was the first time
1: that electricity Showed up. He looks at the two of you
0: As, a, yeah. as an elemental magic force
1: There's an electric tower building in downtown Isn't there? Yes. Yeah me. there is
0: <laughs> We haven't seen each other
3: in A few decades but I guess I didn't do a very Good job at first of handling my mana. <laughs> But I'm glad you're here. I don't think it's going to be too much longer. Feeling much smaller than I ever have. And she sits down on the floor. You guys are welcome to sit. Uh Mm -hmm. And, you know, he tells a few more stories. Like, all of Uh the stories are like some major historical event in this town. (laughs) At one point, he worked in Bethlehem Steel. Wow, that's cool. That was actually a pretty sad day for him when Bethlehem Steel closed. That was like a... That was a pretty rough day, because that was, that's like some, like, that was Earth Element, like, that was Earth Elemental Heaven. He's like, you don't even know how many Earth Elementals actually worked at Bethlehem Steel. He's like, oh, it was great. It was warm. There was metal all over the place. He's like, what was not to love?
0: The people getting killed in terrible accidents? I actually say that.
3: Honestly, it was tough having humans around when there were so many Elementals. Those things, we'd forget it was too hot. Try to keep the humans to, like, one shift, but it was tough.
1: Humans are stubborn.
0: (laughs) I look at both of you, I'm like, fuck off!
3: (laughs) (laughs) There are less deaths than you think. When an Earth Elemental accidentally steps into molten metal, it's not bad, but the Shroud's gotta do something.
0: Oh. That means they just have to move on to a different job.
3: Yep. He's like, not to say there weren't human accidents, there definitely were, but... A lot of those deaths were more Shroud than actual humans getting hurt.
0: Oh, well, that, that makes you feel better. Yeah, a little. Sort of.
1: <clears throat> I mean, let's face it, the Shroud kind of relies on humans' propensity towards accidents and, and clumsiness to kind of cover itself up.
3: It's convenient.
1: How long are we here for?
3: Uh, it's getting late, right? So, like, you went out here before it got dark. Mm-hmm. It's easily, like, almost midnight
0: now. That's fine. At some point, I probably pulled my phone out and had... Like, some Uber driver bring us food, like, near the road. Like, and I went and got it. Yeah. So we're sitting around with, like, a pizza.
3: He's like, you know, I might miss that. Pizza's good. So are Teresa's wings. Those, those were also pretty good.
0: I'm more of an anchor bar guy myself. Although yeah, Teresa's, like very, Teresa's the, um... Oh, you know her.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. <yes. laughs> oh, kid. It's like, you got so much ahead of you. I envy you guys. Is different. When I first came to into formation, there was nothing here but trees and animals, and I saw people arrive, trains.
0: I mean, the the Algonquin tribes are around here, right? Oh, they eventually got here. Yeah. Oh, that was before that. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Oh yeah. No, I mean, not the Algonquin, the Iroquois tribes.
1: Iroquois Iroquois tribes.
3: Yeah. We were on very good speaking terms. A great and majestic people. I miss them. And then the rest of you guys arrived.
0: I mean, they're still around. They just own casinos now.
3: Who played my share of slots downtown? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guess I'm almost ready to pass. I can't thank you guys enough. Like, I don't know what would have happened. I suspect that uh, whoever that was out there probably would have gotten the better of me. So I appreciate your help.
2: I don't know. I like to think you could have taken those clowns.
3: I think it's the right. speed, not the strength at this point. But anyway, I appreciate it. So thank you all. And um, glad we could help. Thanks for being here. And he takes Ivana's hand for a second and they say their goodbyes. And then the last of his essence drains away and the rocky form, which is really big, even him sitting down after the essence passes, it kind of crumbles. And it also mostly sinks into the concrete floor until there's just like a scattering of rocks in the middle of the ritual circle. This way, like, no one's gonna walk in and see, like, you know, this big stone mm-hmm. you know, seated statue kind of thing, but there's some rocks. And Ivana, like, takes one and, like, just holds it in her hand for a second and then puts it in her coat. It's a nice way to be able to commune with him after he passes. You're welcome to help yourselves if you'd like to.
1: Yeah. T was gonna, Unless it was gonna be insulting, T would take one. I take one, too. Yeah. That's fascinating.
2: I actually... Don't until we're like ready to walk out the door. And then like right at the last second, I step back in and I reach down and I grab like a pebble.
0: When we're outside, I look at Yvonne. I'm like, I was wondering if, and this is going to sound like a weird question, but you know of a person that carries a sword that has a hilt that is golden with blue stones? None that comes to
3: mind. But I also have a pretty big library. And she reaches into her coat pocket and she hands you a business card. Thank you. Uh, Alyssa Avana, University of Buffalo Library, Rare and Special Books. Mm. She's like, I have a certain couple of racks in the back of the library in the special collections. If you guys ever need to look something up, I can give you a
0: tour. Oh, I'd appreciate that. It's also like my fourth school, so, you know.
3: You're welcome anytime on campus. Just, you know, come looking for me. I'm there most of the time during the day, but if you need something in an evening or something, feel free to call me. My cell number's on the card. And I'd like to also thank you for being there for Ike.
0: Uh, Of course, Marcevano.
3: I'm I'm glad we
1: got to help him out. It's actually an honor.
3: He's a heck of a guy. He stayed as long as he could stay. I hadn't seen him in a decade or two, but uh, he was a sweet guy with a lot of history and a love for... Rock and roll. Boy, (laughs) did he love the invention of rock and roll. Saw so many bands as they came through here.
2: Speaking of a heck of a guy, you wouldn't happen to be familiar with a man that's known as the winter wind. Can't say I have. I'm taking it a
3: air elemental. Yeah. Now, would you all mind escorting me back to my car? I, I parked in the park and I'm wondering if that isn't your nissan or something out there
1: yeah mm-hmm. and we'll walk yeah. with you yeah, yeah 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 i'll make sure to grab all the what the hell types boxes it? and stuff like that and carry it back with us midnight gunny mm-hmm. oh crap
0: yeah Ms. my Cor- mom is gonna kill me i texted my dad at like nine <laughs> Ms. cortez and my mom
3: um tutoring that couldn't have lasted until midnight
0: you guys you okay gunny
2: i gotta come up with something my mom's gonna be
0: pissed Oh, I know. Just tell her that you were with us. Tell her you were at my house. We were,
1: you know, studying. We're in the Academic Decathlon Club together. hmm T says, aren't you guys in that, that like, think tank contest Jeopardy thing?
2: Yes, that's exactly what it there is, T. Think
0: tank, yes. Jeopardy contest? Jeopardy
1: contest thing, yes. I mean, it's actually not a terrible description. That's as close as you're going to get, yes. That's also an excuse me. My parents would love it if I was in one of those,
2: so. All right, well, we should get the heck out of the woods.
3: You do. Make your way out of the woods. Mm-hmm find your car her mercedes is parked next to you guys and damn she gets this nice right she gets in it and says goodnight to you all and
0: takes off when we're alone i i turn to these two i'm like look i have to tell you guys something so yeah whatever so i mentioned vessels or collecting essence and I've, i know you guys have heard me talk about this sword now a couple of times or this golden hill with blue gems yeah do you remember a girl named mesame that went to our school I didn't really know her, but I know everybody talks about her because she's been missing for... A month. The rumor is she went to another school. She didn't.
1: You remember, Messamay. Me. She's, uh... And you know who her mother is. Yeah, that's... Yeah, my, my, we've talked about... My parents have kind of discussed the fact that it was odd that she disappeared, and her mom's not really saying much about it. She didn't move away. She's gone? She came to my house a
0: month ago, falling apart, and then she stabbed me in the chest with her sword, and now I have her sword. Sort of. That's hers? sort of i pull out the sword
2: right right because you some of the other kids were talking you're a flame worth that's and it. you're supposed to be a fire mage it, it,
0: not all of us are like it, sometimes people right. manifest different powers I heard that. And yeah, people yeah. thought that i just manifested ice because i was with masame and that's where my emotions and my heart work because magic is sometimes dictated by that but it that's not what happened is because of her so she does her mom
1: know where she is no
0: I thought she might have been dead, and I've been trying to commune with the sword like we can apparently commune with Ike with the stone. Yeah. When I was doing the ritual, I saw Mesame, and she spoke to me. She said that she was lost and missing and wants me to come find her, and I said I would, now that I've finally been able to talk to her. but This magic that I have, it isn't mine, it's hers, and all I want to do is find her, and I don't care if I lose this magic, as long as she's okay. She said that somebody with a sword with a golden hilt and blue gems attacked her and stole her essence. I mean, that's me summarizing. Okay.
1: Dude, anything you need. What does your dad think about this? I
0: won't tell. I can't tell him. Oh. I mean, I'm essentially a renegade.
2: Yeah, you're right. You don't
1: want to be telling Victor Flameworth that story. Okay. Okay. I understand you're not wanting to tell your dad. That makes sense. I don't think anything you've done makes you a renegade. You've been doing everything you can to stay within the realms of the veil. Gosh. More than more than I have, except for one of the cardinal rules, which is we just don't steal essence from people. You didn't steal her essence; she Does, gave it to you. Sure, yeah, but how can matter. I prove that? Yeah, that. Think about it, T. Well, I understand that. I'm just saying you're not a renegade. I know I'm not, but that doesn't mean that the world won't see me that way. I understand that. I'm telling you, you're not a renegade. I appreciate that. So well, I understand you can't tell your dad that. Your dad can. I, be, your dad can be scary once in a while. I can't do. <laughs>
0: I can't do what I need to do if I'm always hanging out with you two without you both knowing. Okay.
1: Wait, is that why you you were, like, also on fire for a few minutes there? I was on fire?
2: Yeah, you... I mean, we saw a little flame while you were in working on the ritual. Your sword had
1: fire around it. I didn't notice that at all. In fact, you would have seen that he had had fire around his sword when he was fighting. I mentioned the light. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Well, you uh, definitely
2: manifested
0: some flame there, dude. I'll have to pay attention to well, it more. When I mean, when we did an elbow bump, you like your you had like fire on your sword, man. Okay, Uh that's weird. Don't know where that came from. All right, but I I just I can't do it without you two because I I'm often off doing these things with you two. Apparently, but It seems to be we've been. Any... Seems that people get paired off or trio'ed
1: off, and we're seems to be that trio. So you have a super secret mission okay. to try to rescue your girlfriend from whatever is holding her t- silent. I guess. I'm it's like, punk as fuck, I'm in. <laughs> I just... Siles actually laughs laugh when you say that.
0: <laughs> he, he laughs, and then he starts crying again, because he just... it's just so much. He's been having a really rough month, and he hasn't been able to tell anybody about it. He looks at Silas. Looks at Sal- he just to just sits second, on the ground. And this <laughs> goes over and puts
1: his, puts his arm around
0: you. He just comes sit next to me on the ground? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll sit on the other side. Mm-hmm. Friend hug. Yeah, yep. and we'll find your dad,
3: too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I need to go down there.
0: Okay. Now what?
3: And that concludes story two. Tally up your XP and let's wrap our story
1: with um, a little Stars and Wishes. It was fun to get into an actual fight. And I thought that that was a lot of fun. I'd like to do more dueling. It was neat to actually fight some adversaries that were kind of on our same power level. Yeah, that was
0: fun. That guy seemed appropriately tough.
1: Yeah.
2: It was nice to fight a mob of idiot kids from another school that didn't realize they were getting in over their head.
0: Not just any school. The land of Lancaster. Manchester. Jerry's <laughs> just shaking his head over here.
3: As far as wishes
2: go, oh, we got to see Brad again.
3: I also wrote that down. Yeah, Brad, Brad got
2: to come back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have many stars. Oh, well, oh please, lots please of stars. Me, yeah. yeah, I have many stars. Mm-hmm. So putting the mess sequence inside of the uh, conflict that was going on is like one of my favorite things about making story happen in the middle of uh, mechanical yes. like, conflict type stuff. Love it. More of that is always appreciated. Are like anime
3: adjacent genre allows me to just push those things in really easily, right? Like it was super easy to just be like, oh, like now's the perfect time for you to be talking to Mesame. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I love stuff like that. I love that we cracked wise at the bad guys. That's fun for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. I like yeah, listening to it too. There it. were some really good quips in there. I like people using magic to solve problems and it felt cool. That whole sequence with like wind and swords around and mm-hmm. Then like T describing coming out with this his sword clacking together and like, yo, pick on somebody my size like mm-hmm. that. Just all that stuff combined. That's all great stuff. I love everything about that. that. This is the game that I thought we'd be playing.
1: Cool. I have one more wish. I would definitely like to see down the line another interaction with Casey. That's coming. We're just still in the second story. No worries. That- and, and as a star, I really liked the entire interaction with Ike. He was a fun character to talk to. no oh, thanks. He was an interesting mentor. Mm-hmm. Kind of gave us all a little bit of, of, of feel. Plus, I like the, all the stupid jokes about things he saw that were... That's cool. That was, that was actually that was cool. It cool. actually gives scope to the situation. Yeah.
3: For me, uh, I really liked that that whole sequence went off the way I was hoping it would. And with you guys switching and each of you, you know, somebody's got to stay in to keep the ritual going, but one of you's got to duel, one of you's got to fight. You guys did a nice job of that. This is a rare occasion where I actually used my plot points. In that duel, I used it to crank up that one total. I think it was against Bob where I don't normally play hard, but I was like, oh, this is contest time. Like, I'm going to buy an extra die here. I'm going to ratchet this thing up and make it harder for you to win. I mean, you only have a limited amount of them, so you should. True. And I thought I made Brad actually hang on for a it, while. It felt very
2: appropriate for is Brad, it- especially it- after I cranked up the difficulty on Brad at the beginning,
0: too. Mm-hmm. I mean, plot points are there to help move the plot in certain directions. So yep. that's the appropriate use of them to create a fight that feels like it's got back and forth.
1: I also and like it, the fact that everybody got a chance to go one-on-one with Brad. That was fun.
0: Yeah.
3: Again, part of what I was hoping would happen in the, in the story. I will also say another thing I liked was whether it makes it into the final cut or not. We had a little stumblings over the dueling system, but I really like the dueling system as we get smoother with it. And as we kind of work out the kinks to it, I really like the feel it gives like we had swashbuckling as one of our themes Mm -hmm. and having a specific mechanic that's an arcane swashbuckling thing, I think is really cool. It's interesting to play with. If I had seated, I would have definitely been defeated to just go one more time, kind of like Mm -hmm. that decision point of like, well, should I just go for it and get taken out or do I just quit now and just leave? It did everything I was hoping it would do and we'll get better at it. But the mechanics that we laid down, like the stuff that Chris designed, I really like it.
0: I mean, it's nothing super super fancier than what the contest rules actually are. It just has some of the magical stuff stuck inside of it. It's cool.
3: Like it felt cool and it felt I could see it in my head that there's this sequence of going on where I saw it more like an anime in my head, but where Brad and whoever was fighting him are like locked in this intense fight. And then in the background, you've got whoever's dealing with the legions and then, you know, in the house, you could just see the flickering light as the ritual was going on. But like it, all those things played
0: well together. Yeah, because turns in, our, in that situation feel more like the camera just switching from place to place. It's cool. I yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. If I had a wish, it would be to figure out a way to make an exchange, like whoever was exchanging with the mob have space us to do the things that I did that felt more natural instead of me having to force it Definitely. when I created the swords. like I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if there needs to be some sort of more economy that goes along with things or not. Uh, because of the dueling thing, the dueling thing is like, well, you're locked in over here. Yes. And technically during a duel, during a contest, somebody doesn't have to necessarily they have to exchange, but they can also usually spend points or whatever to like create assets and things like that.
3: We may need to just off mics to find a little like, what a turn can consist of yeah. kind of
0: thing. So, like, mechanically, what I did was I spent a plot point to create an asset for my control thing. It actually states in the rules, I spent a mana die to increase it, which, it's right in the rules. I didn't actually do anything outside of the rules. Mm-hmm. I asked you if I could do it because I wanted to make yeah. sure that it was okay for me to do it within the turn. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't, like, go outside of our rules to do anything.
3: I will also say that I liked the count-up clock. The core, Cortex Prime, has the countdown clock where you are trying to get something done before a timer runs out. But I kind of flipped that mechanic upside down and used it to like count up towards a goal that you could work towards. Mm-hmm. It worked fine. So I was pleased with that too. Wish wise, I don't know if I have any particular wishes. You guys did good. You guys had quips. There was drama. I'll give another star. I, I, Chris, I really liked your portrayal of Silas, like the stress of like Silas's life right now. Yeah. All of that came through, I thought, really well.
0: Thank you. I try. I really I think also a lot like, about this stuff.
3: I also like you guys, too. Like, don't get me wrong. This particular sequence, just because of the voices, gave Silas, like, a little moment. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very
0: well done. I love T. I could watch an anime with these characters. Like, I could just watch yeah. T, because T's, like, the normal one. Even though he's the, the stone elemental, Yeah, he's got, like, a normal life.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. T's absolutely got the most normal life of, of all three of you.
1: You saw my, my note about an idea for a slice of life scene later on. Probably. When I do a slice of life scene, one of the things that, that we would do now that we're a little bit closer is Gunny has his mom's family where he can't talk about what is going on. We would invite over to like my house to come just hang on at my house for the day because my parents aren't going to care that you've got magic and, and aren't magic in both of just invite you over some day. So for you life. can be part of a normal magical family day. Mm-hmm. Magical? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We should we can yeah. work that in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, Without rubbing any of it in your face. It's, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's, it's like, hey, this is what a magical household kind of looks like kind of thing. Everybody good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. Please uh, spend your XP before the next story.
1: Okay. Sorry, I have one more wish. Sure. At some point, I
0: want to have, when that understanding my magic thing gets up to D12, it should create an unlockable for me to spend it sometime, so i can manifest my powers
3: oh yeah i think we we laid down the foundation of that in one of the previous uh, sessions but yes absolutely but my
0: wish is to unlock it in the middle of a session
3: oh yeah that's awesome
0: like so like all of a sudden i have my flame powers 100 i
3: i I mean i love it it's thematically awesome and so yes i have no problem with that
0: all right well there we go cool thanks everybody thank you for joining us for misdirected mark plays now let's do some Patreon shout out to thank those wonderful patrons who support our show. Let's start with the Royal Court. Ty Pruny, also known as Lord Timonger. Lars Henrik Evjam, the Lord out of Time. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus. Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress. Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth. Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the court necromancer, Craig the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith the Baron of Britannia, Kevin Lovecraft the Royal Beard, and J.T. Evans, the Queen's Librarian. Other patrons are Chris Constantine, Miko Frelec, Eric Simon, Fiona, not that Billy Mitchell, Huxley, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Esperum, Joseph No, Carlos, Peptolemma, Michael Draper, Kupanu, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Bradley Harris, Steve Ratabaugh, Rory McLeod, Ninjabi, Joseph Peralta, Brian Kurtz, My Brett, not My Brett, but Someone's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it on our website at misdirectedmark.com. Want some more? Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mmp. There's a bunch of bonus episodes. There's our after show, the Bamboo Lounge podcast, our MM Plays game stuff, like our setting for the this game, The Children of the Shroud, my game development notes for the lamplighter system are on there, our character sheets are on there, our mod stuff is on there, all sorts of stuff is on there, and you get access to our Slack room. And that's important because that's the best way to get a hold of us. But if you don't want to get a hold of us that way, you can reach us using email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can also use Twitter. The best place is at misdirectedmark. Now, we have some other shows on this network. We have Pandas Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Bonus Experience, and Thaka with Advantage. Let's dig a little deeper into one of those shows. Pandas Talking Games. Queer gamers talking about tabletop role-playing games and making outtakes. Join Pandas Phil and Senda every Wednesday answering listener questions about playing, running, and designing tabletop role-playing games. Get cozy and let's talk about some games. Now, if that's still not enough, we have some friends who make podcasts. There's the Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge, the Knights of the Night, who make excellent APs, and Mastering Dungeons with Sean Merwin and Teos Abadia. They're still doing their fifth edition thing, and you can catch them on the podcasts or on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, How to RPG is by Sean P. Kelly of Gaming MBS. It's one of my favorite things going on on the Internet on YouTube right now. And if you want a variety of games to talk about, go check it out over there. He is live on Saturday mornings. At 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, with that, this has been a Mr. Ectomark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.